listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The cultural shift of COVID-19 from pandemic to endemic is an opportunity for our pharmacists, the healthcare providers who are most accessible to patients in the United States. this podcast series, we'll hear from three impactful pharmacists, leaders in the healthcare space, about how pharmacists can talk to their patients about the importance of regular immunizations against COVID-19. We'll review common misconceptions about COVID-19 and its vaccines and cover how to talk to patients about the change from an initial shot and boosters to a single shot. We will also discuss the continued burden of COVID-19 and how pharmacists can help guide their communities with best practices. This podcast series is supported by Moderna, a leader in vaccination best practices. Hey, as we extend our reach deeper into what's happening with COVID-19, what's happening with the vaccines, the uh, series that we kicked off with Dr. Mayan Manyak. He is amazing. He was known as the Superman doctor in his community and with the vaccines that he was um, pushing out through his own pharmacy, which was just incredible. And the whole attitude of pharmacists being public health advocates. I'm so excited to welcome back Dr. Ravina Kohler, who uh, was on our show. Um, Ravina, we were trying to figure it out. I think it was, was it fall of 2020? But it was, it was, it's been a while. It's been too long. It's been a while, but, uh, and so much has changed with COVID, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2020 when we just found out about SARS-CoV-2 and we were all figuring out living in this, uh, in this new paradigm. Um, but so much has changed and I would say so much more, we've gotten so much more information about this virus, but there's still so much that we need to answer about the virus as well. Absolutely. And I want our listeners, if you didn't hear the original uh, interview with Dr. Kohler, um, I'm going to have it in the show notes. So it'll be, you'll be able to click to the original one, but you're into infectious disease. You're a global expert. You're a researcher. Share with our listeners, just in case they didn't get an opportunity to hear you. Um, it's been three years, um, Ravina. We got to have you back more often than three years there. Patient. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to come back whenever I'm invited. It's always an honor uh, to be on this podcast uh, with you, Todd. Um, so overall, I mean, I'm an infectious disease pharmacist and epidemiologist. A lot of my work has focused on antimicrobial resistance and also about being a public health advocate for getting the right information out about COVID-19 as well. I've done a lot of research on this virus and um, and also still researching about antimicrobial resistance and finding initiatives to decrease the inappropriate antimicrobial usage. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's an honor to be back on and thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. I'm excited to dive in. So if you're ready, I know I am. I always like to get the insights of our of our featured experts. So ABC News reports on December 8th, and in, in the headline reads, COVID-19 hospitalizations are increasing in US and rates are highest among oldest and youngest Americans. So this headline in one way, you know, peaks our, our sensitivity, it's the holidays. 
Nobody likes that, but it is also cold season, flu season. So we want to be aware as healthcare professionals, as the pharmacist, our hospital pharmacist listening, community pharmacist specialty, specialty. So we know that this is going to impact our work. It's going to impact the need for um, vaccinations, the way that uh, the people start getting more attuned to their uh, their healthcare needs. However, aren't we calloused? I mean, we're a calloused nation. So many calluses because we've heard this same, this headline, you could probably repeat that headline a couple thousand times from mm-hmm. 2020 up until 2021, late 2021, maybe 2022. And I'm wondering from a public health perspective, how does the pharmacist, how do how does in you and your position get the public to understand? Listen, just because we went through it before, we have to be aware and we have to um we have to be prepared. You know, it's not an easy task. I think unfortunately, you know, what we've seen, COVID is still here. Um, and unfortunately, the public is less concerned. And um, and from, I would say, a healthcare professional standpoint, a pharmacist standpoint, that's very concerning because especially those people at highest risk, such as those that are elderly, those younger individuals, those individuals that have comorbid conditions, they're at the highest risk of being hospitalized and and just having severe adverse severe consequences once they get COVID nineteen. Um, so what I would you know my message is just to inform individuals that COVID nineteen is very different from the flu from other viruses out there, and we really need to take this seriously, especially those individuals that are that are at high risk. And I think what makes this virus so different is just the ability to mutate so quickly. What we've seen is all these new variants coming about. Now the most common variant is HV.1, which uh, takes up about 30% of the strains out there. And luckily, the newer vaccine does give, give us adequate coverage against this variant. But, you know, just by variant alone, Uh, the main, I would say the main harboring um, characteristic is that they're either going to be more transmissible, or they're going to have that ability to also escape immunity, to escape the immune response. So that's really concerning as these new different variants come about, that the vaccines are just going to have a harder time protecting individuals. So, but what my message to individuals are is that the vaccines that we have now, the updated vaccine, it's so important to get that vaccine because it's going to give us that protection. It's not not protect us entirely, but it's going to protect us from developing severe consequences if we do get COVID-19. Now, when I think about the most fragile in, in our society, I do think of our little babies and infants, and especially if they're born into something that, like you were saying, is is co- there's something happening else, some, something comorbid. I'm also shifting to the increasing realm of the baby boomers and people over 65. That is, for the next 10 years, that's going to be a massive, massive surge. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, they said in the starting mathematically from a calculation, I don't know how 
accurate this is, but I read that in 2024, every day in 2024, there's going to be new 12,000 people over 65. Like that's the acceleration of the population. And I'm like, holy smokies. Like that's 4.4 million in, in 2024 alone. So that means that there's opportunity to be more fragile. That doesn't, there's lots of, my dad, for example, he's had three heart attacks and he's one of the most, um, you know, and, and, and he's prime example, but there he, he takes care of himself. He's walking, mm -hmm. he's eating right. His, you know, he's not overweight, but regardless, he's still very fragile. So um, I'm thinking of community pharmacists right now, but I'm always also thinking of our hospital pharmacists as well. Where do we, how do we get this information, more of this information to the public from, from a pharmacist perspective? Well, I, I think it's appropriate messaging. So avenues like this podcast, I think it's also when you get in the face of a patient, whether it's in the community setting or in the hospital setting, really having those key conversation pieces, like talking about what the consequences of if they do get COVID is for them, for specifically, you know, that population, they're going to likely be hospitalized, or there's going to be long term consequences, such as long COVID, uh, for what we've seen in certain individuals that have those comorbidities. So and I think it's really making sure you have that conversation where it's genuine, having a genuine conversation, not where they feel like they're getting a lecture from you or you're a healthcare professional. You want to almost act like they're their friend, their colleague, like you really care about them as an individual. And I think that's the key thing for how to connect with them, really developing that connection with them where they can trust you as a pharmacist and a healthcare professional. You know, relying on that trust is going to be very important for this next phase of protecting the public and and who who they're listening to more so. Just based on before we started recording, we were just saying, you know, lack of trust for uh, for the public is crucial um, to mass public health and macro um, public health, and it it's concerning. I I do want to uh, share with our listeners as well as you. Uh, Ravina, that there's an article that came out from News Medical Life Sciences, and the headline says, repeated mRNA vaccine supercharged immune response against COVID-19 study. And it goes into the study being that um, the vaccines improve COVID-19 immunity, priorly infected individuals focusing on the latter cohort. The study evaluated the diversity um, in concentration in tandem with multiple sequencing analysis of immune cells. Now it, it goes on more into the description, which um, you and the rest of the pharmacist infectious disease pharmacists can nerd out on. But when the non-pharmacist of the group, me, um, mm -hmm. reads something like that, I, I start to think of the variant variant clause of this entire thing. And you mentioned that a little bit in the beginning. How many known variants are there like right now that, that have split off from the original COVID-19 situation? Um, I mean, there are several, I would say several variants. Um, uh, you know, there was the original, the, there was the Omicron variant, the Delta variant. I would say we've all, almost stepped away from the Omicron variant. There's now these other variants that are dominating and the Omicron variants 
uh, variant is almost in the background. Um, that doesn't mean that that can't change or evolve over time. Um, and I would say that's the most concerning thing about this virus. Uh, but um, I would say there's various variants that have come about during this pandemic. And, um, you know, we're, we're used to hearing about the different strains uh, with the flu, right? With the flu every year, there's a vaccine that's developed that's predicting, that's d dependent on what's what the potential most dominant strain is during that time period. And that's almost what's happening with these newer vaccines that are being developed that during the time of their production, it's dependent on that uh, dominant variant at that time period. But it's evolving so rapidly, even more rapid than the flu, where um, where it's almost like you need a, a there's a dominant variant that comes about almost every month. It seems like um, and that's something us that scientists are constantly tracking, and and that's where these vaccines, um, newer newer developed vaccines, are really important. This is a message to pharmacists like you who have cared for your patients through the healthy times and through the hard times. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, you were there to help patients, providing them access to the information, medicine, and the vaccines they needed to help stay protected. Now, as the threat of COVID-19 moves from the pandemic to the endemic stage, it's time to help your patients understand the importance of regular vaccination against circulating variants of the SARS-CoV-2 virus as part of a healthy lifestyle. While COVID-19 may not be top of mind for your patients, the threat of disease is still here. Hospitalization rates in the U.S. for COVID-19 increased by close to 217% in the summer of 2023, jumping from 6,477 hospitalizations in the first week of July to 20,538 in the week of September 9th through the 15th. Make sure your patients know that COVID-19 vaccines have been updated and are now available. You saw them through the pandemic. Now you can continue to help patients see that the ongoing threat of COVID-19 is something that we face together. Thank you to pharmacists everywhere. This message has been brought to you by Moderna. Talk to me about antimicrobial resistance, where there is a buildup of, and I don't know how this works, too much of any one vaccine in a in a culture, in a society, in a group of people where now it's not working because there's too much involved. I think of cattle, by the way, this is the first time I ever heard of over um, vac you know, vaccines and immunizations was when my uncle mentioned his own cattle. This is back in 2010 that I even understood kind of what that was. But talk to me about that element. I know that's a yeah. Yeah, so antimicrobial resistance actually doesn't have to do with vaccines as much as it does antibiotics. So yep. it's their overutilization of antibiotics and inappropriate usage. And so when you really do need that antibiotic, your body has almost developed resistance or or knows about that antibiotic. And the bacteria are so smart that they're able to just, they're like, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to let this stop me from multiplying. And the antibiotics don't work then. So it's so important, especially now during this respiratory season where, you know, a lot of these respiratory infections that people are getting, it's more viral than bacterial, where they go into the urgent care and a provider may give them a Z-pack or penicillin or an antibiotic, which is which honestly is not going to touch their virus. And it's important to really be mindful right now because all of this, you know, builds up uh, resistance in our bodies. And that's where antimicrobial resistance forms and develops. And when we really need those antibiotics, they they won't be there. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking about vaccines as well. So there's this tipping point and the research that I've I've read and reporting that I've read from even our correspondence or our collaboration with PTCE Pharmacy Connect, which is a podcast through Pharmacy Times Continuing Education. They do an amazing job. But it's amazing how much I get to be a more informed consumer, still constantly asking a ton of questions because I I don't, please don't use me as a pharmacist. I'm a good pretend pharmacist. Yeah. Uh, but when I think of antimicrobial resistance, and then I think of the world of our vaccines, and then I think of the less and less impact if in fact you did get COVID-19. And here's why I'm saying this. So I know I have my wife's a nurse in a maximum security prison. My my sister is a is a nurse. My other sister's nutrition, a nutritionist, um, dietitian in a hospital system. Every single one of them have gotten repeat, you know, COVID experiences. Mm. But Every single one of them have also said that every time I'm getting it, it's not even half of what it was the previous time I got it. Um, I I can tell what it is. I have identified it because when I got it, I had no idea it was happening. I was like, why am I first time I couldn't taste or smell first time Mm -hmm. because I have a great sense of 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 smell. Um, The tiredness, not physically being able to get out of bed. Like I was like, come on, get out of bed. What's your deal? Like I never experienced anything like that. But when I got sick again and found out it wasn't COVID, but it was just a, I think a respiratory thing. I felt like my immunity had been beaten up and strengthened almost by COVID. So tell me the, from a Mm -hmm. consumer's perspective, the balance between over vac, you know, vaccination versus immunity versus, you know, other things that kind of mix into that for immunity. Yeah, I mean, so the vaccines there to protect us, but I think something that, you know, the public needs to keep in mind is that our, our, our immune system is here to also fight against these viruses and, uh, and bacteria, which are there. And uh, we need to give our immune system some kind of credit here uh, where it's strong, especially those people which are not immunosuppressed um, and it can fight off these viruses um, almost almost as good as vaccines, but vaccines are needed as well to give it maybe an extra boost. But once you've gotten vaccinated and say if the vaccine may not prevent you from getting uh, the virus, uh, our immune system kicks in then and it's able you know to fight the, um, to, to fight the virus and and help us out there. So pharmacists are listening, technicians are listening um, from the metrics that you track um, with your epidemiology outreach and your consults, which is just, um, you're, you're kind of like in the 
in the thick of it always. Uh, <laughs> what what do you tell our pharmacists in in preparation for you know the the coming winter and usually when when flus and colds are more prominent? I mean, I tell the pharmacist. I mean, it's so important to vaccinate everyone. Getting that messaging out for the flu, for um, you know, pneumonia vaccine as well for the elderly. The updated COVID vaccine. There's a new RSV vaccines that have come out for those uh, those elderly individuals as well as uh, the younger, the newborn population and pregnant women as well. So having those conversations and being that source of education. I mean, I think as pharmacists, it's you know we have that role, especially in that in the community setting and the hospital setting where you have direct contact with these patients. They don't, they they don't have to schedule an appointment with you. You can have that free flowing conversation with them about the importance of vaccines uh, to really protect us and prevent the viruses from even happening. All right. I also, Ravina, want you to give some shout outs to uh, news and information sources that you know that you're relying on uh, so that other pharmacists can say, okay, I really want to go here for the latest on infectious disease or yeah. even, uh, COVID-19. Definitely. So I would say the World Health Organization is a great website for just to get a global look at how COVID-19 is evolving. The CDC is always a great website as well. IDSA, which is the Infectious Disease Society of America, has a great webpage dedicated to specifically COVID-19 information. And another website also is SIDRAP, uh, which uh, focuses on COVID-19 information, antimicrobial resistance, uh, any new news in antimicrobial resistance. So I would say those are my so my key go-to sites that I would recommend. The last one you said was SIDRAP? SIDRAP, C-I-D-R-A-P. C-I-D-R-A-P. Very mm-hmm. good. Excellent. Do you have any podcasts that you listen to that are tied into infectious disease at all? Um, I don't really have any podcasts I listen to. I would say what I've been doing is just catching up on literature. There's so many new publications that have come out that I'm trying to just catch up on new data that's coming out in regards to um, antimicrobial resistance topics or COVID-19. So I would say the infectious disease journals are my go-to spots right now and Twitter. Twitter is where I get a lot of my information as well. I follow a lot of infectious disease uh, folks on there and, um, and get some of my key information as well. Yes. Um, I still use Twitter. It's, it's not as active as it used to be, but there's an amazing amount of um, Twitter lifers who are mm-hmm. still there and they haven't yeah. changed. And those are the people I'm there for, because I want, I want that information. It's, yeah. it's amazing because it, it, sometimes it's even more timely than how I'm able to find it through news sources. Um, and it that's why I stay connected is because of the, 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 the reoccurrence of it all. I agree. I mean, Twitter is in real time. It's uh, I, I, you know, even though it's evolved into X now, um, I think it's still a useful platform. So uh, a podcast I want to give a shout out to is the Society of Infectious Disease Pharmacists. It's called Breakpoints, um, the the SID podcast. But it's a great podcast filled with a bunch of pharmacists who are uh, infectious disease, disease nerds like yourself. So um, it'd be a good one to listen to. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you for reminding, reminding me of that. Yeah, as, uh, um, SEP is 
is a great organization. They have some partnership with IDSA as well. So there's so many good key uh, notable pharmacists part of that Breakpoint podcast. They uh, have many of those. So yeah, uh, thank you, Todd, for that reminder yeah, uh, to the viewers. We have to have you back, Ravina, um, in sooner than three years. So I'll reach out to you, I promise, um, sometime in late 2024. However, if there's anything that comes up that you'd like to push out uh, to our listeners, something that you know is going to be valuable to our community pharmacists, our long-term care pharmacists, goodness gracious, they're going to be very busy over the next uh, 15 years. If you want a career in community <laughs> community long-term care pharmacy, they're now calling it long-term care at home. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be a, a surging market, but um, we love having you and um, really wanted to thank you for coming back. Thank you, Todd. And it's always great coming back and I look forward to more of these in 2024. Absolutely. And thank you, listeners. Thank you, pharmacists and technicians for taking care of so many people throughout our country as well as the globe. And we uh, thank you for listening to the show today. Mm -hmm.